Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast, and I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and I'm giving you a bit of uh, summer holiday bonus content here. This is a conversation that I recorded about three years ago. I haven't broadcast it before. Um, This is a conversation with Joan Baez, the the legendary Joan Baez. Uh, I did a phone interview with her, and I I wrote it up for a story, and I'll include that in the notes to this if you want to read the, the written version, but... I had recorded the conversation to, you know, to, to um, transcribe and I don't usually do that when I do phone interviews. I usually just listen to people and write down notes and write down the story. As I've got into doing this podcast, I'm obviously more used to recording people and, and having that be the story. And I, listen, I found this in my files and listened back to it and I went, man, this was so cool. I mean, obviously Joan was coming to New Zealand and doing a show. I'd seen her in 2013 and I referenced that in this conversation. And then I was about to see her in 2015. The promoter had reached out to me and said, oh, we loved your review of the 2013 gig do you want to talk to her and it's like man why would not why would I not want to talk to someone like that um so you know and I didn't you never know what you're going to get with a phone interview you know I think it was scheduled for 10 minutes like they always are well we got about 25 minutes and um and you can hear her clear as on this um you can you can hear me I don't think the voices are too echoey like it'll sound a little bit different to the usual podcasts haven't done this before haven't put up a phone interview before um makes me think that maybe I'll do a few more of these in the future but um and put them out there uh I I like the face-to-face thing obviously that's the point of the podcast is meeting someone and having a casual chat but um but I, I was pleased to find this and I feel like um some people out there might really enjoy this uh I mean Joan Baez is a a legend and she has made so much incredible music and she's been an important activist. You know, even if you're not interested in her music, she comes up in so many stories. She's been connected with so many people, done so many amazing things, uh, written a couple of memoir and she hints that there's another one eventually on the way. I hope she's working on that now. Um, And we talk a bit about painting, which is is something that she got really into uh, late in her career. Um, So yeah, I hope you enjoy this. This is uh, is me talking with the legendary singer-songwriter Joan Baez. Hello? Hi, I'm hoping to speak to Joan Baez, please. This is Joan. Hi, it's Simon speaking from Wellington in New Zealand. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. And yourself? Uh, I'm good. I'm calling you at the right time and you're expecting yeah, me? Yeah, you are. Okay, and you're in Brisbane? Is that right? Yes, yes. What's the What's it like there at the moment? It's pretty beautiful here at the moment. I just took a long walk in the botanical gardens. Oh, love, yeah, I was, I was there about a month ago, actually, my first time spending any time there apart from the airport and I know exactly where you've just walked and it's an amazing place uh yeah this time yeah. of the year um so how's the how's the how's, how's the tour going because we saw you a couple of years ago yeah uh, you did and I immodestly come back after two years <laughs> and you know I just figure I don't know how long I'll be doing this and we really liked Australia and New Zealand so we came back <laughs> well well we really liked you and and um I don't often do this, but because I knew I was speaking to you, I had to read back the review that I wrote of the show last time um, uh-huh. to, to, to remind myself uh, of sort of how special it was because there was a particularly a, a special moment where you uh, um, had a go at New Zealand Waiata and, and sung in Tereo. Yeah. A- yeah. And, and people were blown away by that. Yeah, 
We absolutely loved it, and we love doing that. You know, I learned something in Australia, just an, a song from the 80s called Solid Rock. Yeah, yeah. And so I just spoke it in poetry, and my son played the didgeridoo, and it was that same kind of connection wow. that you make with it. Yeah. So, oh, no, we're very excited about doing that again. Wow, yeah, I mean, obviously people love it because uh, you're... you're uh you're speaking to them in their language as such, but um, but it's it's amazing that you sort of uh, want to ha- want to take the time to make that kind of connection. When I think people would be happy just to hear anything from you. So what is it about it that you know drives you to 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 seek that bigger connection? It is the connection. I mean, I've spent a good part of my lifetime trying to find a way to, you know, to get to people. Yeah. And and it's just there isn't any other, any good way like that um, to honor the culture and, and the people than to learn something on their behalf. Well... So it's, I've always done it. Yeah, you know? well, um, you've, you've, I mean... I didn't really know how to begin talking to to someone like yourself because there's so many things that we could we could, <laughs> we could talk about. But when I mentioned the the reading back the review, the other thing that I, uh, I as I say, I don't often quote something that I've written back to the artist, but I, I said something, and I'm sh- sure you've heard this before, along the lines of um, that you don't need to be a a songwriter to be a storyteller. And that, oh, that, that, yeah. that to me seems very important about your work and I, like I've always known that listening to your work um, but, but seeing it live there's something that you seem to be able to do in a song where it's not just paying tribute to the song it's not just paying tribute to perhaps the songwriter but you, you're telling a story through someone else's words so I wonder how you go about choosing the songs that you choose to interpret well, you know, I'm starting a new album right now, and since I haven't been writing, um, the, the thing is exactly that. How do I choose songs? Yeah. And sometimes it's very simple. It sounds corny, but they do choose me. It's like, you know, a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, like Day After Tomorrow on that last album. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then sometimes I live with something for a while, and then sometimes I discover um, Tom Waits is in a gold mine. Right and Richard and Richard Thompson. So um, those songs, and I listen a few times, and it really, really appeals to me. But then I have to see whether my voice really works for it. Right, right. And so, so so far, I'm finding these these extraordinary songs of of Tom Waits, and and I do now in concert. I do Richard Thompson's um, "Go Away to Graceland." Oh, right, yeah. And, Sort of testing the waters with songs I've never done before, well, and to see how, how people react to them. With both of those writers, as you sort of said, I guess it'd be hard narrowing it down to just one or two. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, and on the other hand, I, I prefer to find stuff from farther afield. Uh, I mean, I realized I could do almost a half an album with just these two guys. Yeah. Which means there, which means there must be a lot of music <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, to, to filter through and find. Now, are you you mentioned your son. He's obviously on tour with you again. Is it the same? Is it the exact same uh, lineup that we saw last time? The three of you. Um, yeah, there's three of us, and then I think last time Grace sang with me a little. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 
Yeah, so she sings a little bit more, and I've got her to play guitar on one thing or two. Okay. Um, so, but basically, it's the same group, and we we try to we try to make as as much a difference as we can from the last time. On the other hand, I know that over fifty percent of the audience are new. Yeah. haven't been to the concert before. So we sort of just hop around trying to make the evening work. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it wouldn't matter with you whether people were new or returning. There are going to be a handful of songs that you probably have to sing, right? Um, yeah, and those are, so those are compulsory from Turkey to Buenos Aires that, that people would just be so unhappy <laughs> didn't hear them and so you know some of those are interchangeable i yeah. mean we've been we've been doing the boxer because it's a perfect encore and because people sing on it and then I, then somebody reminded me that dixie is known here and it serves the same purpose yeah you know? yeah it, it rings a bell in them and they go oh whoopee you know because it's something in them that's what they wanted to hear in the first place and they kind of have been through the concert just really listening so well and responding so well so periodically I put one in there that I know makes them go ah <laughs> <laughs> you know and then we try to end the show with a yeah. bunch of ahs do you yeah. have do you have a trouble at all keeping any of those songs sort of fresh or special for you, those those kind of chestnuts we're talking about, things like Dixie and then... It- yeah, um, what we try to do is just keep changing enough. Yeah. Um, like, imagine we started adding Grace um, and... Or we'll meet before the tour and say, what can, what do we eliminate for this tour? And what do we work on to try and change? Dixie changes constantly, yeah. you know, enough, enough so that it's, I mean, great things on it. And she has a real voice for it. So then it becomes fresh. And, and it's not just that. I mean, some people really sing sort of their stuff and they project it out to the public and I am as interested in what they project back. Yeah, yeah. So so if they are really having a wonderful time, I, I enjoy it. And if that takes some of those songs that I'm, you know, I get bored with, um, when I start to do them and the audience is just so happy and excited, then, then I'm happy with doing it. You've, um, you've managed to... Um be not only an entertainer but a, a very important activist and you've you know you referenced this I think you've you've connected with people and reached people through that as yeah. well so I, I wonder what keeps you seeking um, if not a wage then a, then, then a, uh, a, a a purpose through entertaining and performing for people what 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 keeps you doing it well probably the same thing that started me as you know when I was 15 some kind of feeling that there's a calling beyond just singing yeah um nowadays I do I sing more for the sake of singing than I used to um I'm less driven um to be constantly participating in something full on yeah but uh, I keep finding my place and settling into it which is you know the the foundation of nonviolence and how do we find something relevant that we can be involved in yeah yeah and I guess um, it must be more and more disheartening reading the news every day I'm thinking while you're away particularly this this um, most most recent uh, gun tragedy in America and when I say this most yeah. recent I know there's more than one but the the Oregon shooting for example 
No, it's it's quite it's still. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. We still can be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and when when we really are not shocked by that stuff, then we've grown so you know such a hard skin that it'll be difficult for anything to touch us. Um, and my son's little town where he lives, it's, it's like an old, the remnants of a hippie town, and they're lovely, don't have to lock your doors, and people are kind to each other, and they say hello on the street, and on one of their walking paths, a man was just shot to death. Yeah. And, and they say, oh my God, it, you know, it's contagious. So I think that we do, what we try to do in the face of all of it is live a decent life and try to find your little victories in the middle of the big defeats. I probably said something about that last time. Yes, yes. But I think, yeah, um, maybe even more so. If that's all we can do right now, then that's all we must do right now. I, I read. I mean, I, I read through your kind of list of um, achievements and and just your list of activities. And I mean, I, I read your books as well and, and followed your records. But I just sort of wonder, um, at, at, you know, what was the driver to 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 participate as actively as you had? Was it simply that um, exercising a voice and trying to, um, you know? Tr- trying to be one of the people in opposition to uh, the forces that you don't agree with, the legislation you don't agree with? Well, I know that when I was young, because I've seen my own letters to my parents, I felt that I had a calling. And I know that it went way beyond legislative activities. You know, it ended up being more to do with civil disobedience, which I think is where a country has to end up if it's going to seriously make social change and somebody's going to have to take some risks and I for whatever reason seemed willing to take those risks even you know even sought them out to in order to sort of help other people do the same thing yeah um and so it's been a sort of it's been a radical life and it's been wrapped up in nonviolence because all of the civil disobedience I did at any point and would still be um, to do with the people on the other side being my brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you're um, you're a, a person of uh, historical significance in, in and of yourself, but then again, I look at the list and, and, and think of these names that are so... Uh, intimately and obviously connected with you, and you share th- these stories still on stage. But um, yeah. is, there, is there ever a point where you sort of sit, sit back and go, you know, wow, to think of not only Dylan but say Martin Luther King? I mean, those two right there, those are two names that <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I, you know, they're sort of corny now. Everybody <laughs> says blessed, but I do feel. I mean, it's aside from the talent and and the gifts and where they came from and all that. He's just sort of, whoa, I ended up in the right place at the right time with the right tools. <laughs> and I've met these amazing people. So um, it is just great, one big, fat blessing. Um, you, you've, you've written two memoirs, I guess. Um, uh, is there a, a, th- a thought to, uh, you know, to, to sort of update them to add another volume um, yeah, there's there's another one in here. <laughs> I better put it up just long enough so they won't be a force. <laughs> is that is <laughs> is that the sort of um, 
Is that sort of on the back burner while while you're still yeah, interested? Yeah, it is on the back burner. It started inching its way towards the front burner when I thought the scene was just going to be too difficult. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then I found this woman who has been helping me out, and it's less difficult and more fun. And so I think, okay, I'll do it, and I do the painting. I mean, which takes a lot of my other time. Right. Um, so there's trying to write a, a book is going to have to wait a little bit. What's the what's what 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 are you trying to sort of seek from from painting? What, what, what's the what's the goal there, and what got you inspired doing that? Well, I'm not sure what got me inspired. It was just sort of a one day I want to get my hands in the paint. Yeah, and I went and found a local teacher, um, and I said, "Listen, I don't even care what we do here. I just want to start. I want to start getting my hands literally in the paint." So it was almost like finger painting when we started. Yeah, uh, with collages, and it was just slapping paint and pictures and everything, you know, on the piece of canvas, and I, everything in me just wanted to do it more, and then it turned into painting, and then the paintings turned into 90% doing portraits. Wow. That's where I am now. And I would love to, um, I guess some of them are on the website if you wanted to see them. Yeah, And I would love to, at some point, have an exhibit. Yeah. And, um... And I would be happy selling them. They're not something I want to hang on to forever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating the number of musicians that that um, seem to turn to painting at some point. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. later in life, whatever. Um, I, I, I wonder. It's, it's, yeah. It's an overflow of output. Yeah. Well, I I, I wonder if it's uh, not only you know. The word seems to come up the whole time thinking about any of your pursuits as connection. When you said, I just wanted to get my hands in the paint, and, <laughs> and you know, I wasn't really too worried what happened to begin with. That to, to me, I instantly thought of the word connection again, like just wanting to, yeah. to feel something and, and be bonded to something. But, but, um, uh, you know, is it uh, have, you, have you looked at it as a way to kind of um, stimulate ideas for writing and stuff as well, or is no, it, or is it, really. is it purely just... its own thing? Yeah, I just get in the studio and I just start painting. And I have some friends who help me out. I'm not taking any courses or anything, although yeah. I probably would benefit from it. Yeah. And so I might. Um, but it's sort of the way I started singing. I just didn't want lessons. I wanted to do it all on my own. Yeah. So at the moment, with the help of some friends who are artists, that's how I've, that's how I've done it. And it just is, I mean, I just love it. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned... Um, uh, seeing someone about singing um, and, 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 and talking about worrying about the, the voice at one point. I mean, you were in Spectacular Voice just two years ago, so I wonder what, what do you do that's different and what have you had to do to look after your voice? Well, since, uh, first of all, I had no problems at the beginning, so I didn't know what a vocal lesson was. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just sang. For You're at least a... 10 years, 10 or 15 years, it, it just poured out and then lo and behold being immortal which I didn't want to admit yeah. <laughs> um, you know I needed some assistance with it and as it turns out all of the things I had to learn from a coach were anti-instinctual to what I had done up until then I'd never learned how to breathe properly nothing from the diaphragm I mean tightness in the throat everything the, the way I was controlling that voice that came out was something I had to learn to drop 
right. and had to learn new tools for. So it became very discouraging because I didn't like the sound that was coming out. But it's the only now it's the only way it'll come out. Right, right. It's, this, it's never going to be that little vibrato which I long for. Yeah, um, that's past. So what is it going to be instead? And I, with the help of this woman, have become really enjoying what is coming out in the low register what's coming out is really 50 years of a life yeah yeah and I I think that's you know that's sort of what I was trying to get at too in in terms of the idea of um, reinvention of these songs and storytelling is that your your life now informs these songs even the ones you didn't write yeah, and, and, you know, storytelling is kind of one of the only things we have left. I mean, nobody wants to hear this political crap yeah. when people talk about it. And, you know, I was on this show in Australia called Q&A, oh, yeah. and it was, it was the day that the prime minister got dumped. Right. So the entire four people, aside from myself, were ranting on about these political figures, and they were self-righteous, and they were patronizing, and they were boring, and I, I was happy to be there, not, I mean, because I I wouldn't, I couldn't take part, so I brought in whatever I have to offer in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, I, and I'll say, if I have a, have an interview with somebody um, in public, and I'll say, you know, I don't remember facts. And I don't care about figures, but I tell stories. Yeah. So ask me anything, and I'll turn it and I'll turn the response into a story, and that's when people are interested. Yeah, yeah. Well, can you uh, on that note? Can you tell me a little bit about? Um, I guess the 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 song you've written that people identify the most with you as one of your songs, uh, one of the most important ones being Diamonds and Rust. Can you tell me? A, yeah. Take me back a bit to. I mean, that's a song that packs such a punch to this day. There's been cover versions of it, but to me, there was there was nothing like finally hearing you sing it live. <laughs> um, that song started off as another song. I mean, I can't remember what it was about, but it had nothing to do with Diamonds and Rust. Right. And then it is, then it is true that I got this phone call, and so I probably had the melody. Yeah. And and then the words just completely changed, and they came from a very deep place. I mean, I think that the songs that last have come from somewhere very deep. I don't think you can write one, a commercial one. Yeah. Um, well, maybe you can. Maybe if you live in Nashville and you get together and you write a typical country and western song, it can become a hit. Yeah. You know? yeah. But to me, um, it is by far the best song I ever wrote. And although... You know, other ones I like, and I like the poetry of them, but we can't pretend that Diamonds and Rest isn't head and shoulders above them, and they had no form to it. I mean, people who teach songwriting take it as an example of a beautiful song that has nothing to do with the rules, which I love, of course. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's it's refreshing to hear someone um, essentially talk about their big hit as being their big hit, acknowledge it. Whenever you talk to, or whenever I talk to musicians, they're always trying to say, oh no, that's the one everyone else liked, but actually, you know, I liked this one better. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't catch on, and it's it's kind of refreshing to, to hear you just go, no, that's that's the one, you know. That there are, that's I, the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind it's of... It's also <laughs> like watching, watching people say, 
I'm going to ask the question, um, when did you start this comeback? Well, we don't like to hear that word. Yeah. And I've heard other entertainers say, what do you mean comeback? I never left. But the fact is, if the perception of you has temporarily or whatever diminished so radically that when you become visible again, it is a comeback, then yeah. it's a comeback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to mention the, the album for me that was... Um, really important in 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 your career was uh the dark chords on a big guitar album which yeah because because i was working in music retail at the time and uh so you know we would play the play the cd in the shop and the response was incredible because people did not oh. know did not know it was you and <laughs> you know uh you know just walking and hearing it but they knew the songs or they loved the voice or they loved the sound and then when they saw the cover or asked the question who it was there were there was i guess that dreaded comeback talk there was like wow is this a yeah, comeback yeah, yeah. but but it was an amazing record to kind of feel like i was part of in that sense like discovering oh. it that way and um it was nice to 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 hear it referenced when you performed a couple of years ago oh. What, yeah. Was was it a pretty important record for you at that time? I think that it was. I don't remember making. I don't remember much about making it, but I think it was. I think it was very important at the time. I think I was a little bit out there. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, not paying attention. Should yeah. You say? Yeah. yeah. Um, and this kind of maybe this is what grounded me back in the in in, in music. Yeah, and I well, I think um, one of the things that I. I took from it too was was and uh, I'm you know I'm sure there were other people involved too in the in the song choosing process but it was you know these are remarkable songs this is this is exquisite taste like these are oh. these are good choices you know yeah. um, so, songs like motherland which you know was was new at the time brand new at the time that was beautiful yeah 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 um do you you, you know you've said that your voice just was given to you you just had it you didn't know you had it it just do you right. still do you still um do you still remember what it was like to, to kind of recognize that was it was it an instant <laughs> thrill from singing yeah, i guess it was a series of steps yeah i could carry a tune when i was little um and then you probably read this i wanted to develop a vibrato so i wiggle my adam's apple up and down yeah um, from the outside, and then it began to develop into vibrato. I'd always been infatuated with a fast vibrato, whether it was violin or voices or whatever. And so, and that began to develop, and of course I was thrilled. But it wasn't until way later on that I kind of admitted that the voice was anything exceptional. I think I didn't want it to be. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it was pretty clear <laughs> that yeah. there aren't many others around like it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and then you know, for years I never listened to any of my own work, and then about Jesus, I don't know, fifteen years ago, I started listening to the early stuff on through. Yeah, and you know I can say this because, and my book starts off like that. I was born gifted. Yeah, so yeah. I can I can say how magnificent I think that voice was. <laughs> you well, know. <laughs> what, what what was it like revisiting that that time for you? And you said I I went back and started listening to those early records. What, I mean, what were you? I guess what were you? What were you trying to achieve when you decided to sit back and listen to them? Was it? A, oh, I don't know. I, I guess somebody probably said something nice about one of the albums. I don't yeah. think I should listen and see what they're talking about. <laughs> um, 
you know, and so I just started, and, and actually, I thought, gee, this is great, I'll keep on listening. So I listened through those years, you know, all the many years. Yeah, but do you, did you instantly recognize yourself? In the, I mean, oh, yeah. I reckon, I don't feel like, I feel, I look back on the early voices, so it, was, it feels it was somebody else. Yeah. But that I know, but I know them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I listened to that first um, concert record, which you know I bought the the LP of that years ago. In fact, I think that's the first record of yours I ever heard, the live in concert one. And mm-hmm. and you know it's full of all these great songs, but to me the the instrument carrying that is the voice, isn't it? I mean, there's guitar playing and there's these great songs, but it's this voice that just holds your attention through the whole thing. Well, I think so. So now when people say, oh, never stop singing, you're going to sing forever, I think, oh, Jesus, no, because it's going to sound, I mean, at some point a vocal cord is just going to say, forget it. Yeah. You know, and so, and it isn't, I mean, Pete Seeger sang forever. Yeah. But he never had, you know, it wasn't, his thing wasn't the voice to begin with. No. It was the combination of things that he made people sing and he brought his social issues to the front and was an extraordinary man and musician. But with him, he could go on until he was 95. And um, I won't want to because it's, <laughs> it's not going to sound like, you know, plus I don't want to wheel myself out on the stage. You know, I still want to walk. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll, by then you'll be keeping up with the uh, demand of selling so many paintings. From, Sorry, say that again. By then you'll be keeping up with the demand of having sold so many paintings from the art <laughs> exhibitions. And, well, that would be nice, wouldn't and, it? And signing, and signing copies of the new book. <laughs> oh, I'll be exhausted, won't I? Exactly. Um, well, maybe I'll want a wheelchair by then. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. and um, Thank you, I must say. I'm really looking forward to seeing the show again. I mean, it, it, it's... Um, you know, in my in my line of work, you don't always look forward to seeing the same person more than once. Um, but but it was such a special show, and and I, I, you know, when I read back, I, I could I could place the audience, and it was amazing feeling like being part of that audience. It was it was yeah. kind of like everyone was on your side, which uh, I, I hope you which know. wasn't always the case. <laughs> which I, I bet wasn't hasn't always been the case. But I wanted you to know that that I'm sure I'm sure you picked up at least a little of that, and and, and you oh, often of course have, you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing you again, and 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 best of luck with the shows before then. Thank you so much. Okay, take care. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. And tore up the tracks again In the winter of 65 We were hungry, just barely alive I took the train to Richmond that fell It was a time I 